Hi, I'm Sam Smeltzer, and I'm an HR healer, and you're listening to The Heart of It Podcast, where we chat about what's at the heart and matters most in the world of HR, the people. In this episode, get ready to laugh as I am joined by Rona Lewis and Jessica Brunstad, and we are talking about play, play for parents. We all know that the pandemic has delivered time and time again added stress especially for those of you that have found yourself working at home as a parent and also being the teacher, the parent, and the professional. It's really important that we embrace and shift mindsets, as Rona and Jessica will share with us, to this element of play. So I am so glad you are here. Enjoy the conversation. But right before we do... I have a bit of an announcement. I want to share with you a new program that we're getting to launch at the Heart Center. It is a group cohort coaching program designed for HR practitioners who feel like they have been slimed. What does that even mean? It means that you've been going about your day, you're doing what you do, and at the end of the day, you just feel heavy. You just feel like you took on the emotions of all the people that you've come in contact with. Well, I have the solution. It is called the Disengagement Detox. It is an awesome, awesome experience. And we are taking registrations now for the new cohort that's going to start on April 14th. I have a 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time cohort and a 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time cohort that's going to kick off on those Wednesdays for eight weeks of transformation. It's time to detox and get back to who we really are. So check that out at leadershipisart.com slash detox and let's get to this episode already let's do this Welcome to this episode of the Heart of It podcast. I am so grateful that you're taking time out of your day to join me for yet another conversation. And I guarantee this one is going to be a treat because literally I used to talk about my business started with a lawyer, a real estate agent, and a financial advisor walking into a bar. And then my business came out of that. This is like a fitness instructor slash nutrition coach and a laughter a yoga teacher slash uh, reality TV star walked into a bar and came out and decided that they're going to change organizations for the better. So I'm really pumped to share these ladies with you today. Uh, Jess and Rona, do you want to say hello to the listeners? Hello, listeners. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Excited to play with you. Yeah. So I think um, one of the things I love about this podcast is the people who come to this field of work. Like when we're talking about culture change, we're talking about shifting, um, just change in organizations, the people that are doing amazing stuff have these fascinating backgrounds. And uh, the two of you are no stranger to that. You have some very interesting winding paths on how you got here. Um, And they're both very different. So it's not like you were traveling down the same path and then decided you're going to just tackle this together. You came from two different sides of the coin and then have this blended approach. So why don't we start there? Uh, Rona, do you want to start just kind of saying where you started and how you ended up being in this space? Sure. 
Um, I am actually, I, I have a, a corporate background originally. I worked my way up from a sales assistant to VP of sales in the media world. I, I worked with traditional media. Uh, I, I saw back then that there was an overabundance of stress. I mean, stop to think about it. When you're selling time, if that time period goes, you can never get it back again. So there's a tremendous amount of stress to get it that way. And advertising was supposed to be super fun. And it was up to a point, uh, but there were, I'm not gonna go into the background of why I, I left, but leave it to say that it wasn't quite Mad Men, but it was, a, it was kind of, of close. So I went back and I got my certification. I was always an athlete. I played five sports in high school. I ran track for, for Penn State and I've always kept myself in shape. So after I left, I got certified as a personal trainer and I did that for a while. And I was called in to start to do some work with corporate. And when I did, I noticed that there was still a lack of anything that allowed people to have uh, a release from stress. They weren't having fun. So I took classes in creativity and positive psychology. Uh, there, there is no certification or anything like that for play. But I wanted to do something that, that showed a, a playful attitude, what that can do for you. So that's how I got in, into it. There's a ton of, of books and I, I basically studied for a, a few years and that's how I became an expert in play and creativity. And I call myself a play instigator. And there is a small but mighty play community and that's how I met Jessica. And Jessica, why don't you talk about your background and then you can we can talk about how we met. Sure. Yeah, so I had a background in corporate as well. I actually went to school for chemical engineering, which is like, why? Uh, <laughs> didn't want to do anything with it and fell into um, tech. So I worked at different corporations like MySpace back in the day when that was a thing. Yeah, dating myself, no problem. Uh, <laughs> and uh, did uh, marketing for different tech companies. And I was in corporate for about 10 years when I kind of really realized I was working so hard to make all this money to then go spend all my money on play. So I was, I wanted to move my body in yoga. I wanted to uh, play pretend with my friends at the improv group that I was in. I wanted to, um, you know, write creatively and write my stand-up sets. I did stand-up in LA and San Diego. I was just chasing all these, you know, chasing the joy, chasing all these hobbies everywhere. And I kind of realized I was craving recess. You know, I wanted more recess in life. And really, then I stumbled across um, the National Institute of Play, Dr. Stuart Brown. He is amazing. He's got a great TED Talk. Highly recommend it. And basically, he has this tenet of, you know, work and play. Everybody thinks that they're, you know, they're so opposite, right? Like, oh, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy or whatever. And really, they're not opposite. They are, they can be one in the same. And so, you know, the real magic of life is to realize that what whatever you're doing especially like in the working sense if we treat it as play we are happy we are calm we are where we're meant to be and it's not something that oh you're just lucky if you found a dream job where you really enjoy it uh, I've worked with people that have you know they're an accountant I mean not 
not to diss on accountants, but they're, you know, like they're and they're and they're so happy and joyful and they consider their work play. So um, that's why I really wanted to kind of get out of the corporate scene myself and try to start helping people. And beyond that, uh, we'll just do a tiny bit on this. I had a mental breakdown in 2011. And when that occurred, I really realized I needed to walk the authentic path. And I needed to heal myself. And I one of the most humbling moments of my life is when I actually had to walk into my manager and quit with a prescription pad from my psychiatrist saying that I was disabled and unfit to work. Uh, And that was one of the hardest moments of my life. When I did that, um, I had to move back home with my parents, which even though I'm a millennial, that wasn't my plan, you know? (laughs) And I had to uh, heal myself, which I did uh, through the Cognitive Behavioral Institute down in La Jolla, California. And when I was starting to get better, I was thinking about, okay, what what made me happy? You know, what, where was the joy? Maybe if I chase the joy again, the anxiety, the depression, the uh, panic will go, will be the side effect. Those will go away instead of just, oh, I've got this. I've got to treat this. I've got to get better. And uh, last thing I did was my improv class up in LA. And so I decided to just chase that. And I made improv uh, my career a little bit and then turned it into motivational speaking. And that's how I met Rona uh, this last year through the pandemic online through our play peeps. That's right. We actually have never met in person. Never. Is that wild? That is, it's not as wild now that we have lived through 2020, but it's still wild. Yeah. I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah. And you know we 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 met uh, as uh, Jessica said through um, our our fellow play peeps and it was like love at at first sight we had you know love at first zoom yeah first zoom exactly exactly um, we have similar attitudes we see the world in the same way we have the same hopes and and dreams to really change people as they as they they are to keep them authentic and vulnerable but shift them to an attitude of play and we just decided to go into business together and hence the playful mind project was born and there we have it Ta-da! okay (laughs) you um I, i love how both of your stories um they come together, but they both share the same pivotal experiences that I'm seeing in a lot of people who are in this space and being successful at it, like actually being true experts and manifestors of change. And one is, Rona, when you have that corporate experience where you're kind of like, what is happening? It's almost like the the veil is lifted and you're like, there's got to be something more and, and I'm going to go find that. Or, uh, you know, Jess, I appreciate you being vulnerable and saying I had a mental breakdown. We don't like to talk about that, but honestly, that is the path that many people are on uh, if they don't start to shift and start talking about finding joy and happiness. Like that is that is our culture's true professional path. Like we set people up as a fellow millennial. I truly believe we go into the workforce and not even knowing that workplaces are kind of set up right now culturally to strip us. <laughs> of joy and happiness and to think that that's part of becoming an adult. Um, Yes. And if you want to take that one step further to Rona with the nutrition and the fitness coaching aspect, like your physical wellness, I believe there's a reason why, uh, I mean, I gained all my weight when I started working professionally. Like that's when all that struggle started to happen was when I went into that corporate space and 
I was struggling mentally and not happy. And, and now I'm working on healing myself. I'm in a healing journey Which as is well. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Food, food and, and heals so, as, as well as um, mental yes. aspects, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy and getting rid of sugar. Great combination. <laughs> <laughs> great combo. Great combo. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. I'm in the I'm in the journey right now. After going through Christmas, I had the rude awakening after several sugar cookies that like this does not serve my body. But that's only because of all the other healing work I've been doing to realize what it truly is doing to my body mm -hmm. um, as we start to awaken. So I, I love this blend, like the two of you. Like I love that the fact that you've combined together and creating this superhero kind of power strength to do some real awesome, awesome work. Yeah. So today I am thrilled about this conversation because my podcast has this beautiful evolution where I feel like my guests somehow meet secretly and like all plan when they're going to come out of the woods and say, Hey, I want to be on your podcast because you guys all kind of set each other up. Um, one of our most listened to guests last season was Ruby Martin. She works um, as one of the main leaders here locally in the York, Pennsylvania area at the YW. And she talked about, um, first came on to talk about ally work for parents. Um, and then had naturally dropped that she had a love for play. And me being a trainer at heart was like, well, you're not getting away with that. So we literally just did an episode of her talking about play. Um, and, and they're both like, the, the two just go together, parents and play. Um, and so we know that we have a lot of people that either entertaining having kids, have children, come in contact with children. Um, our parents in their own fashion. And, and so that's part of our listenership and that there's the struggles that go with that. Compounded by 2020 and the pandemic. And now we have this new thing that you, whether you chose homeschool or not, <laughs> you are- You're a, in it. <laughs> yeah, you're a homeschooling parent, myself included. Oh. Um, and so you're, uh, you know, trying to run a business, trying to operate with life in this new norm, plus have these- beautiful moments with my children while I'm also somehow their full-time teacher. <laughs> it's just not a lot of fun. Um, and so when you guys originally first reached out to me, uh, you dropped this whole thing that hit me right in the heart about parents needing to engage in play, especially working parents. Um, and, and I think <laughs> that has just come with so much more uh, now that we talk about the pandemic and the way things have changed? You know, we have, we have two different aspects of what we do. We have a business to consumer and we have a business to business. The business to con consumer, uh, Jessica handles because she is a working mother and she started this awesome group for working moms and working dads. There's, you know, they're, of course, they're invited also. And we realize that, that there is a definite crossover into the business to business realm because businesses need to take care of their working parents to make sure that they're the most productive and they have that their their stress levels and anxiety and craziness handled so that they can handle their kids and everything else so that being said i'm now going to hand it over jessica because this is her wheelhouse <laughs> Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so I handle the business consumer side of our business as I am the working mommy. I've got an 18 month old daughter. Uh, so she's been alive more during COVID than not during COVID at this point, uh, which is pretty challenging. As I'm sure you know, Sam, uh, having how many kids do you have? 
I have two. I have a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. Oh, you are in the heart of the remote learning, man. That is, <laughs> I, you know, and it's it's so funny, right? The grass is always greener, I feel, as a parent. It's like, oh, I'm so glad that she's 18 months old, so we're not having to do the whole remote learning thing. And then at the same time, I'm like, oh, man, like, no daycare, no childcare, no grandma can come over, no break for mama. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a lot to kind of try to entertain an 18 month old for 12 hours a day. <laughs> so, you know, I can't just whatever. So it's 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 difficult, whatever stage you're at. It's difficult even for uh, the grandparents. It's difficult for uh, parents that have kids that are about to go off to college or in college. You think they're about to leave the nest? No, they're not. They're staying. <laughs> so. <laughs> so anyways. I really had a, a passion for helping working parents. And yes, I skew more towards the working mommies just because there is this thing called the mother's mental load. I don't know if you've heard about that, Sam, or if your no. listeners have, Talk but the mother... Okay, well, here we go. So the mother's mental load is basically this concept that is... is reality that most time it is the, uh, the person who identifies as female in the relationship holding on to a lot of the mental stress. So, for example, figuring out what's going to be for dinner tonight, making sure we have milk in the fridge that's not spoiled for the baby, making sure we've ordered diapers in time for them to come from Amazon Prime, uh, buying the birthday gift for your husband's brother, you know, it's not even your brother, or we're the ones. Does that sound right to you that you're yeah. constantly... Yeah. Well, that and sounds that like me, but I guess that sounds like most of the people working in HR because uh, SHRM, our big national society, has put out, I think, at least a dozen articles that start with a story just like that. <laughs> so that is the the mother's mental load is this fact that not only are we doing a lot of work that maybe isn't as appreciated as it could be just in general child rearing and 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 bringing children up but on top of that we're also um carrying this this mental load where we're just constantly thinking and planning and spinning and ideas and pinterest and you know all these even good things are just and typically uh, our our you know male counterparts are not doing all of that mental work um, and then of course there's the regular stuff if you go on our website actually we have a great downloadable PDF that speaks to the mother's mental load and it's a survey from uh, 2019 actually so it's, it's interesting I wonder what it'd be like after 2020 uh, but it's a survey of mothers and everything is like over 75% of just the regular tasks you think about laundry dishes uh, party, uh, um, planning the calendar, your social calendar, remembering birthdays. And, you know, I'm, so I'm really passionate on trying to make that shift so that our mental load is not up here and we're kind of sharing a little bit more of that with our partners and even with our children. And so in our individual sessions that we do, we do 30-minute one-on-one um, -on -one sessions on the B2C side of things where uh, myself or another stress shifter in our group meets with a, a, a working mommy or a, a parent, anything one-on-one. -on -one. And what we're really trying to do through this play is why we call it purposeful attuned play is that I'm attuning with our client one-on-one, -on -one, figuring out where they're at, where their play level is at, if they're really not 
you know, ready to step into play, wherever they are. And also figuring out through play, you will find people's issues. You know, play creates a vulnerable, safe space, right? So we can be like, ooh, and we, we get realer quicker. It's really interesting. We're playing pretend, but we're getting real. And what happens is, is that then we can find out, oh, uh, you know, I'm, I've been really struggling with asking my partner for help with X, Y, Z. And then we're able to play it out, right? Let's play it out. Let's see what it would look like. Oh, he would just not do it. He would be upset or oh, they would be this. Well, let's play it out. And we build this um, emotional resilience and tolerance and self-esteem and confidence and authenticity and vulnerability. We're building all of this and we're doing it in play so that we can practice with us and then go make those small shifts with that mental load that end up being really big shifts for your life, your everyday stress levels. And so I say all this to say just that we do play with a purpose and we are focused on play more for uh, the adult to really understand uh, that their their play is important, their joy is important. I think a lot of times as, as parents, we get stuck into maybe we're playing so much with our kids or even if we're not playing with our kids our kids are always playing around us right that we kind of think oh play right like oh they're just you know and and it's a it's another task I gotta go play with my kids I gotta take my kid to the park so that they don't you know lose it later or whatever it is and I'm really focused in can we shift and look at our children as teachers because children are the best teachers for play and vulnerability and authenticity and confidence. I mean, they and they're mirrors for us. So instead of really, you know, we do sessions where kids can be involved. There's so much fun stuff. We've got so many exercises to go do with your kid. But what we like to do is work with the parent one on one. And then we send what we call home play, not homework, home play. And so what that is, is we say what we've done with the session. And then we take an improv approach to it. How can you yes and this? How can you take what we did together and do it with your kid? Or how can you take what we did together and have a difficult conversation with your partner or your manager at work because you need some more xyz whatever it is you know asking for what we need is something that mothers have a hard time doing just because we can do it all doesn't mean we should and if we take on too much of that mental and physical load trust me I had breakdown number two last year, uh, 2019, two years ago. I my most recent my most recent mental breakdown was uh, my uh, postpartum. I, I was diagnosed with postpartum OCD in 2019, right after I had my baby, and I thought I was like, I'm fixed. I'm a motivational speaker. I talk about play. I used play and cognitive behavioral therapy to fix myself. Uh, well, this is what I go to of practice doesn't make perfect. We all know that. Mm -hmm. Practice doesn't even make progress. I believe that practice makes permanence. Mm. And I stopped playing when I had my baby. I stopped playing. I stopped taking care of me. I stopped chasing my joy. Everything was about my child. And that, you know, it might be sustainable for a little bit, but it, it you're going to crash. And so that was really the onus when I got through my second round of being in treatment and healing that I really realized, okay, I, I need to do something about this for other mothers and not just through speaking on stages. I need to do something more intimate and 
a huge part of that problem or a huge part of that solution, I should say, is the corporations backing this up. So I'll let Rona go into more of that. But the last thing I'll say about it is that with our society, there's a lot going on, right? We need societal change. We need the government. We need a lot of things to help us with nationalized uh, maternity leave. We need nationalized paternity leave, allowing the, the, the men to stay home and bond because it's that initial bond that then makes the mother the default parent. And of course, so our society, our companies are setting this mental load up to happen, right? Mm -hmm. If the mom's staying home, if she's lucky enough to work at a company where she gets maternity leave, which is insane, <laughs> then she's being with the child more at the beginning. Of course, there's going to be this instead of this with the two with the two parents. So companies... We believe, Rona and I believe, and I believe this very strongly, that companies need to be a part of the solution. Mommies need to be a part of the solution. You got to do the I work. Companies got to be a part of the solution. We got to do the we work. And I just don't understand why working moms and mental health are not a part of companies' DEI strategy. I don't know why. We've tackled so many other things. We're tackling anti-racism this year in our corporations and our DEI strategies. We're tackling um, uh, gender identity. We're tackling sexual orientation. Everything else we talk about, but we don't talk about what moms are going through mm -hmm. and mental illness. So that's why I'm here. That's my huge soapbox speech. Sorry, I'm very passionate about it. And that's what I'm doing on the B2C side of our business. <laughs> no, and I think that... Uh, you said it beautifully because the studies are being done. They're labeling what we're experiencing now, probably the first female uh, recession ever. Um, so it's, it, you know, the possibility of shifting the gender back. And all of that is being attributed to uh, what you just shared, uh, that mothers are having to pick, predominantly having to pick between family and work. And so, I mean, Sherm literally put out these stories that were heart-wrenching of, I found my dream job, but then COVID happened and, and the quarantine and and between the ironing and taking care of my husband and and he is the breadwinner and, you know, all these kinds of things, I had to let it go. And I tried to talk to my organization and I got no support. I just got more work. So I, you're you're right on task where we are. I mean, the one of the, the gifts that 2020 gave us is a huge awakening of all the work that we need to do. Um, and I actually was just talking to a really good friend who is another play friend that I think you guys might know. Oh, Jeff of course. Perry. We know Jeff. Yeah. He's awesome. He Jeff's our buddy. buddy. Yeah. He was just on the podcast talking about gender yeah. privilege in our organizations and talking about how the, uh, the, the easiest way to say it, but the more feminine characteristic sides of leadership need to come and the toss, toxic masculinity characteristics need to move right now we need empathy and compassion and that's what what our organizations are calling for so and yes i was just gonna say and that's what's so interesting is that you know we are at the lowest female employment rate since the early 1980s that's insane that's when i was born so we are a whole generation. We've been work. We've been working our way up, right, to help tick away at that glass ceiling. And again, it's not only the. It is the I work. All of us women have to 
work really hard and do a lot of deep looking inside to our deepest, darkest holes, being co comfortable with vulnerability and pushing through things. But at the, And at the same time, if we continue to have this patriarchal society and culture, which is 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 always um you know allowing that to happen where oh the mom's going to quit instead of the dad to take home care of the kids because now there's no daycare or there's no school or whatever it may be we have to do better than that as a society we have to say let's let's find ways where the balance can be <sighs> I mean, like we say, that's what we say, shift. You don't need to change, just a, just a little shift. Let's just make little shifts in little choices every day so that we can find more of that balance and mommies can retain their joy. That story breaks my heart. A woman finds her dream job and then because of her situation of being a mother, she can't take it. And another thing I've learned recently is it's not so much the gender gap. You know, you've heard a lot about the gender gap for years in, in pay, which still exists, but it's getting narrowed. What they're now saying is that it's more the motherhood gap. Oh, wow. Because if, if you think of this, the if a father at one company and a mother at another company, same exact job, well, as they have kids and go up, whatever, the father is more likely in 10 years to be in management position than the mother over here. Uh, he's got kids. He made a choice to have kids just like she did. How come he's this far up? Well, he's doing the late nights or he's going to the trade shows on the weekends. He's doing, taking the big projects. You know, she's going to the dentist appointments. She's going to the soccer games. She's, and yes, it is all around choices, but we can do better both internally and in our corporations to say, no, I value motherhood. I value those female uh, qualities, like uh, the more female qualities, like compassion, empathy, vulnerability, all of this. And so what we like to say, or we've learned this from Gwen Gordon. Gwen Gordon is an amazing play expert. Highly recommend her TED Talk as well. And what she likes to say is there's three places that people live in. The battleground, which is normally where men live, the proving ground, which is normally where women live, or the playground. Mm. And our goal is to help everyone find the playground that is life. Mm. Yeah. So I think I love how you said I work and we work. And I think that's a great transition to Rona about talking about from a B to B side, because you're right, this opens up the whole we need to be talking about wellness and even mental health in regards to parents. Um, you know, I think there's also a whole side with the, the single individual that's suffering oh, absolutely. by themselves. That's absolutely. A whole I will try to be as but, eloquent as Jessica and passionate because I just have a fur baby. But, uh, you know, I've obviously been in corporate for a long time. I am, I am not a millennial. And I have seen a lot of changes in the workplace. We do have a lot to go. Businesses need to understand how work is changing. This will change. COVID is going to change. Yes, it's taking a lot longer than we thought. The vaccines are gonna get out there. We are probably not going to get back to normal until the end of this year into 2022. In order for companies not to get behind, to support their, uh, all of their employees and keep them at their highest productivity, they need to allow for mental fitness. 
yes, physical fitness is important, but it's the mental fitness. I was just talking to the president of a company that does movie trailers. And that's, you know, it's, it's a super fun um, marketing company. And I've, I've worked with, I, I worked with them, I think originally in 2012. And we're, we're, we're talking some more about obviously different things that they're, they're going through. One of the things he, he told me, because we were talking about all the remote workers and what's causing him to lose sleep, depression, not feeling like they are part of a team and there's a lot of paranoia that's, that's going around because they don't know who's talking about it, who, you know, there's, there's no water cooler. They don't know who's doing what. So it's, there's, there is so much fragmentation amongst teams and the corporate culture is falling apart. And that's, what, that's the other part of what we do. The purposeful part of our play is to get our teams together, whether it's moms, dads, or the single person, to, to learn how to trust each other and be willing to be vulnerable. You can't be vulnerable without trust. And once you have that, then you get a lot more productivity and there's a lot less loss of, of sleep, et cetera, et cetera. There also needs to be a realization that normal hours are not necessarily what people should should do anymore you know jessica and i have you know jessica's a mom i know how surprising she works what from like nine o'clock till 1 a.m or, or something you know some crazy hours in her closet and i tend to do the normal day hours because i i i again i just have my fur baby i'm not lucky enough to to have children and it it works because i uh, a, we, we cover different things, but work time is work time. I don't care if she gets her stuff done at three in the morning and sleeps till noon, because that, yeah, that's going to happen. Uh, but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, but, you know, so, so there is no nine to, to five. And w there is also yes. no work, you know, work slash life balance. Life is the whole thing. Work is part of life. So how can we just get that, that balance, whatever that looks like to you? So when we go into companies and we, we help with brainstorming and team building and all the things that are in groups, mm -hmm. that's purposeful play. We will then watch everyone and see who participates, see who's tired, who doesn't seem like themselves. And that's mm -hmm. when we will suggest to the manager or depending on how we, we set up the packages to, to work with them one-on-one. -on -one, and that's when we attune to them. You can't attune to a group because everyone's mm -hmm. at, a, at a different level. When you attune, you meet the person where they are. That's what, what we do. That's why we ask questions at the beginning of you know, any one-on-one -on -one sessions. And again, this is not therapy. It's, we can't really call it TheraPlay because that's taken. Somebody else calls it that, but that's kind of what it is. So unofficially, huh? It's TheraPlay. Yeah. Yeah. 
I said it's theraplay. We also play call care. it play care. So kind of uh, a twist on self care and daycare, right? It's play care. So it's for the adult uh, and also for the family and for the company. It's really an approach to like what Rona said, life, because work is a part of life. There is no here's work, here's life, here's play, here's whatever. Especially in 2021 now, right. it's all and, together. And even before this, tough to think about it. How many times have you had issues with, you know, finances or a fight with your significant other and not brought it into work? Let me think. Never. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a, or yeah. your boss. I mean, when I, when I first started in advertising, I had, unfortunately, I had a woman who was not on the female team who was looking for every way she could to uh, get get rid of me so she could bring in her own people. And it was just, mm. you know, butting heads. If you don't think I brought that home to whoever I was with exactly. at the time, my ex-husband or, you know, I don't think I was married at the, at the time. Exactly. Everything crosses over. So it's how you deal with it. What kind of resilience can you build up by having that balance by learning how to be present by learning how to play and appreciate what you have having a positive mindset all these things are things that we learn through life experience and study etc cetera, etc cetera. and this is what this is what we we coach and we we teach so and also what we learn from children like i mentioned that children's can be our greatest teacher uh it's 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 very interesting how much I was a play expert before I became a mom. And then people would always joke like, oh, do you have all that? I'd always go to like the dollar store and get a bunch of fun stuff, right? And do that. And way before I was a mom and people were like, oh, you're a mom. I'm like, I'm not a mom. And now like, I'm like, oh, I'm a mom. And I have, I have all that stuff still. I'm very into it. But you can play with anything. And I think the biggest point here is, is and to go back to your initial uh, question around, you know, how can we play more with our kids throughout this pandemic and anything else? I really think it's about, Ron and I talk about this a lot, it's an attitude of play. You know, play is an attitude. Mm -hmm. It's not a thing, right? And also play is what anybody wants to make it. Some people love playing with numbers. Some people love playing in the mud. Some people like playing whatever it may be. But it's looking for opportunities to play. That is the thing. If we can get help people make that shift because we do take a cognitive behavioral therapy approach to play, if you can start to train your brain to look for play opportunities within the day, example yesterday, I'm here working and my daughter comes in and she's just in everything. I've got the printers broken now because of her. She broke my printer. She's 18 months old. I don't even know how she did that. Pencils everywhere. Everything's going crazy. And she's just gibberishing away to me. And I'm like, right, I'm trying to focus. And instead of getting mad, which used to be my initial reaction, like, oh, right, getting, getting frustrated. I'm in the middle of something. Instead, all right, teacher. All right, guru. I see you. I'll match you. So I start gibberishing back to her. I'm like, as I'm on my computer, you know, typing. And she starts engaging smiling at me laughing loving it she stopped messing with the printer it's already broken but whatever she stopped working with the printer and then she was able to go on out and go get something and she started playing with her basketball hoop all by herself 
because I met her where she was at. Mm -hmm. Attunement is about seeing people and being seen. Mm -hmm. And we need more of that I at work. I want to add to that. There's a fantastic book by uh, a game designer named Ian Bogust. He's in Silicon Valley and it's called Play Anything, The Pleasure of Limits and et cetera, et cetera. I, I can't remember the rest of the, of the subtitle, but he looks, he, he calls it worldfulness as opposed to mindfulness. It's worldfulness. It's how you see the world and the limits that you find yourself in. And he made the example of walking across the mall, pulling her, her his, his daughter, uh, across because he had somewhere to go. And all of a sudden she's pulling on him and she's playing with the squares on the, on the floor and making a game out of it. She took what was there and gamified it. So as you go through yes. your day, no matter what's in front of you, whether you're cooking dinner or on the computer or dealing with your daughter, how can you make a game of it? How can you make it fun. And yes, a lot of people say, oh, we're going to gamify this. Just because it's a game doesn't necessarily meet you where you are. Exactly. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, it's taking that one step further. And when you're by yourself or with your, with your kid, um, it's, it's about seeing your environment as a playground, what's possible. Mm -hmm. And once you start to remember that, because boys and girls who are watching, once you've gotten this, you can never unlearn this. As you go out, you're gonna start to see, all right, I'm in my car. How can I play with what's in my car? You know, little things like mm -hmm. that start to make it a lot of fun. And you're less stressed, you're more in the moment. It's impossible to stress when you're in the moment. Stress is caused mm -hmm. by replays and imaginings. We replay the things in our head and we build mountains out of molehills and then we imagine what's going to happen and we're, we're stressed about that when 99.736% of the time, it never happens. So the only thing we have is the present moment and you can't play when you're cranky and when you're not pleasant. I mean, not present or pleasant either way. <laughs> so, yeah. so the, you know, that's, that's my story. But that's, you know, so yeah. that, those are just philosophies that we have to learn in order to be able to be more productive, to be able to deal with our kids, to be able to deal with people in business. And, and the way that we learn them is by absolutely. practicing. Absolutely. Right? And you're going to mess up. Well, and that. But, and that's what, what practice yeah. is. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and that, I guess, leads me to my, my last question. So. I mean, you guys have said so many things, like each of you have said stuff where I'm like, oh, like just letting that sit there and marinate. And then you hit me with another one. <laughs> so as you know, the listeners are taking it in, you feel inspired. You know, we have two sides of this coin and, and a beautiful, once again, gift of being an HR practitioner is you sit in this, this liaison role where you're, can be a key manifester of change with the organization, but then you can also you got to take care of you or none of this really matters. So I guess, uh, and we'll split this question in half, but using your I work and we work, you know, so Jess, if, if today I'm inspired and I want to do one small action that starts my I work, what would that be? And then for Rona, if I was going to go to work tomorrow and start one small action for the we work as an HR practitioner, what would that be? All right. 
I'll take it first. So for one small action, I'm going to give you one of our games, one of our exercises to do. And hopefully people listening will try this on. Uh, I always like to say, try it on, just like you tried on clothes when a kid playing dress up. Just just try it on, you know? It might not be your flavor. It might be. We got a whole bunch of, of uh, tricks in our bag. So one I will say is how to find the calm in the chaos, because we are in a lot of chaos right now, us working mommies. And the best way I like to see the calm and the chaos comes from my laughter yoga background, which a lot of our uh, practices and plays and games come from laughter yoga. And the way that we can do this is through what I call laughter meditation. So a lot of people think, you know, in order to meditate, I have to have this nice, calm, zen place. The kids have to be asleep. I'm tired by the time she goes to sleep. I'm not meditating. <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, it's so hard, right, to find that time for that moment of quiet, peace, calm. And a lot of times meditation or yoga is not so um, associated with play. And so I, you know, to find a way both to be able to play, practice some play and to be able to calm, calm down and find some calm in the chaos, I suggest a laughter meditation. So the science behind this is if you laugh for 90 seconds, totally forced, just you're laughing just to laugh. It's not because anything's funny. You're not watching a comedy. You just laugh. You set a timer on your phone for 90 seconds, go into your bathroom and tell your kids you're going to the bathroom and you're doing a long one, whatever, and set it for 90 seconds and just start laughing. It takes 90 seconds for fake forced laughter to become real. And no matter what, even if the laughter doesn't become real, our bodies cannot tell the difference between fake mm. laughter and real laughter. So you're going to get a hit of dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins wow. by 90 seconds of fake laughter. And it is meditative and powerful. At the end of it, you're like, whoa, okay, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> and it's one of the best ways to kind of talk your system, right, yeah. into a different mindset. So that would be my biggest recommendation uh where we won't take too long to walk you through an exercise mm -hmm. or anything but really it just looks something like this <laughs> and you can even do it in public or with your kids kids love it kids love it you can do it on your phone look i don't my phone's not on nobody knows i'm not on the phone and i can be pretending i'm talking to my best friend <laughs> It's one of the best ways to shift yourself, man. Shift yourself. I think my children have been trying to teach me that for years. Yeah! They just come around and they start laughing. For Yesterday we were watching this show and there was like a car driving by on the show. And my six-year-old was just like. <laughs> and we're like, what are you laughing at? She's like, the car, the car. And there's nothing funny about the car. And, and that's yeah. the difference. Children laugh because they have toes, right? <laughs> they don't laugh because they and 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 adults laugh from judgment oh i saw that thing my brain judged mm. that it was funny or not wow. so now i'm gonna laugh yeah uh-uh forget that we don't have to laugh because of some impetus or catalyst or something that happened we don't have to fall victim to joy oh i wonder if i'll drive by a funny sign today that'll make me laugh no just start laughing it feels and Jesse, good. isn't there a uh, statistic it's like kids laugh like 300 times a day and adults laugh like seven it's something We're like lucky that. It's if crazy. we laugh 
10 yeah. to 30 times a day. And kids laugh on average 300 times a day. Crazy. That's sad. I know. It, it does. It, it makes it, it initially you have this like sad reaction. Yeah. And then just start practicing and realizing that it's not your situation around you that's going to create laughter and joy inside of you. It's you. Yeah. Beautiful ending on the I work there. Okay, so Rona, what about the we work? So I, I, I'm practicing my laughing tonight. Then I get up tomorrow, I do some more 90-second laughing, ready to go in to work. Am I going to go laugh with my executive leader? <laughs> we do do laughter breaks. We do 15-minute laughter breaks. So You know what I would do? You know, what I found, and, and obviously, you know, we are all on, on Zoom, but hopefully in the next couple of months we'll be able to start going back into work. We tend not to see each other as people when we go in. We, we tend to be self-absorbed and, you know, how am I going to get ahead in business? How can I best do this so that I get noticed? The best way to do that, to, to have a great company culture and to be closer and to attune to the person, here's an exercise called wander and wonder. When you get back into the office, walk around, look at each person's station and wonder about the little things. Why do they have that little doll up? What does that, that, that come for? You know, she seems to, to really love purple shoes. I wonder why. Ask them about it because that will attune you to each other and you will start to see them as people. It's not just, you know, how when you interview for a job, you want to look around their office and try to, you know, mention things as, as a salesperson. That's what I always did because I wanted to attune to them. It's that same sort of, of thing. When you just wonder about little things and ask them about it, it could have nothing to do with business. It, it, and it's not just H, HR people. Anyone can do this. It's, I think it's especially important for the C-level people to do this, to get to know your people as people and ask silly questions. Why do you have fake daisies? Why do you walk around with a flamingo? You know, it could be very silly things. I like flamingos. Yeah. Or they don't even have a flamingo. Play, you know, the, the walk and wonder, what I love when I played that, when Rona first taught me that one, is wonder about like ridiculous things like i would i would die rona if my ex-ceo walked over to my uh cubicle one day and was like jessica uh, i want you to help me with something i'm really trying to figure out where unicorns come from right you know I mean? that's like, a great just... idea All right and and ask silly questions i've been wondering about that this. kind yeah. of stuff and then what's great is you'll find the creativity in your people right if someone right away is like uh 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 frozen you know it's like all right we'll sign them up for the playful mind project because we got to work on that or if somebody's like well you know they come from calabasas tennessee you know just right away got something for you i mean it's just 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 yeah i love the walk and wonder wonder about things with your people and that's yeah it's a it's a great way to uh for for team building for overall corporate culture and to uh to make it seem like it's it's more of of a family to your point jessica when they try to figure out things you know together and you, you can have a group wander and and wonder have one person come up with a great question of the week. What's the question of the week? And everybody does their own research and comes back with real answers 
and fake answers and see what how outrageous they can be. And then you can give a prize for the most outrageous answer. You know? I mean, it's like the fake news that we have right now. People believe anything on the Internet. So you could even just come back and be like, I did this research and from this whatever, whatever study, there was this thing that unicorns actually come from Calabasas, Tennessee. And, and they start and out as alligators. Like, I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, just it, make stuff it's up. Al- yeah. yeah. Yes. And this is part of what Rona is doing right now. And what Rona is such an expert in is helping corporations and teams access creativity and brainstorming and working together. That creativity, I mean, when you get into that mindset, that mind meld, it reminds me of my improv games. And we're all working together towards that same silly solution. If you can do that with discovering where unicorns came from, you're going to be able to do that when you need to hit your bottom line later or make Q4 goals. Yeah. No, thank you. I, I I wholeheartedly agree, and I think it couldn't have been said more. I mean, I think we always jump to these, like, big monumental business tasks, and it really starts here with these small things that start they, the they, real they shifts add that up. are powerful. You know, and baby steps are the way to go because you take a few baby steps, you turn around, you've come a long way, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I'm not surprised, but this was awesome. This was absolutely amazing having the two of you on here. And uh, before I say my sad goodbyes, do you have any final words for the listeners? Just remember that your attitude is one that will spread to your, your people. If you keep a playful attitude, it's, it's catching. And don't let anyone else's mood affect yours. I will kind of add on to that in two quick little ways. Number one, I always like to say this, laughter is more contagious than COVID-19. And it is, I know it is, because I am more than six feet away from you, Sam, and I got you laughing today. So, but just by laughing, just by me laughing, you started laughing. So just like to what Rona's saying, laughter is contagious. And so let's spread laughter, not germs, right? And uh, on top of that, just this whole, we never touch on this one point that is our main mantra and how we operate this company playful mind project and how we want to help other companies and other people operate is from safety we can access our silly you Mm have if you feel safe enough to play you'll play Mm. yeah well i want to thank you so much jess and rona for taking time out of your busy lives and busy schedules to spend a little of it with me sharing with the listeners your expertise and we'll make sure that all of the uh, contact information and how to find all those resources we put in the show notes. You definitely want to reach out and check out these ladies and um, do some online stocking of them because there's some real fun <laughs> videos of, of both of them. There's one of Rona uh, showing people how to do a squat onto a seat. And I, I love the no plopping, no plopping. I like as a as a, I've worked with lots of trainers. That was a keynote speech like, oh, totally. I gave. No that, was, that was part of a, a, yes, that was a keynote. Mine, yeah, I, I have interesting keynotes. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Well, Jess is doing the history of the t-shirt. So <laughs> um, with the guy buzzing her, which I was like, this is awesome. That was me. I would have been like, ding, 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 ding. That was a keynote that I did in Las Vegas. Yeah. Okay. 
So they are a lot of fun. You got to check them out. Thank you so much today. Thank you so much for listening to our wonderful conversation. I hope it served you. And uh, I will talk to you next week. And if you love and support the podcast, please leave a review on your favorite listening platform and take care of yourself. I have kids for a reason. I want to watch a show. I want to play a game. This wasn't it. Before this, I had a system that kind of worked. I've got a lot going on, but all work and no play makes mommy a fire-breathing dragon. I don't have energy for do-it-yourself. I don't have a PhD in psychology. I'm not a teacher. Mom, what's 73 divided by 13? I'm not a teacher! But I'm very good at social distancing. Go play outside! So for dragon moms like me, there's a new online program to help you play your way calm. Playfulmindproject.com. Personal coaches guide you through mindfulness-based, stress-relieving play exercises. It's like recess for dragons. So if your self-care routine has uh, stopped working, why not try something new? Playful Mind Project matches you with a professional stress shifter to help you rediscover your joy, change your mindset, and help you feel like, I've got this. The Playful Mind Project gave me my sanity back. And as a bonus, some new ideas to help keep my kids entertained. Less scream time and more playtime. So give your inner dragon a freeze pop. Visit PlayfulMindProject.com and book a session today.